Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Joel and Adam for another episode of Horror Express. And tonight we're talking about the 1965 Italian horror movie Planet of the Vampires, directed by Mario... Is it Mario Bava or Mario Bava? What's the correct pronunciation here? Or I'm going to go with Bava based on nothing but my own preference. Bava sounds... Yeah, that. Bava sounds a little deeper and more, you know, I don't know. It's, a, a little, it's what I... Yeah, it's got a more gravity to before. it. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. Mario Baba. I like to think they're they are both people, and one of them is this huge butch plumber dude, and the other one's the director, and we don't know which yeah. is which, and we just inadvertently credit it's, the wrong guy, and he's yeah, like, you're excellent. If you're if you're a Mario Baba fan, Mario Baba is the guy who makes all the good Mario Baba movies, and all the crappy ones, you just you know just shift them over to Mario Baba. But um. <laughs> What's your problem with Mario Beva? <laughs> He'll hit you with his plumbing wrench, sir. But, uh, uh, so, so anyways, we're talking about Planet of the Vampires, which I, I, apparently it's it, one of the reasons why it's it's known in, in a lot of horror circles now is because it might have inspired some of the key scenes in the movie Alien by Ridley Scott, which we did just last week. and And also it's one that none of us have seen, and... You know, we wanted to do Italian horror, so so here we are doing a 1965 Italian horror movie, uh, which is, I think, we've done a lot of leaps into different times of, of horror, like going back to like the 1930s to the 40s. This was the biggest one for me, just in terms of science fiction before 1970 is a whole other thing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And yeah. and this reminded me of like the stuff I used to watch on syndication as a kid. Do you know what I mean? Like those kinds of movies, like the things that were just playing probably at like 11 a.m. on a weekday or something, you know, that, that you watched. Um, so, yeah, I don't do, do we need to recap the plot for people? Is that, you know, this this what is it? The space these two spaceships are responding to a signal on a planet. One of them they lose contact with the other one lands and everybody on the ship starts attacking each other after they come to from, uh, uh, being knocked out by the impact. I think if I, if I followed what was going on correctly and, and then after that's all settled, they realize that the dead bodies of people that were killed, a couple of the crew members in the other ship died and stuff like that are being animated by this like disembodied alien race. That's sort of like parasites that can take over your dead bodies and they're trying to escape from their planet so that they can, you know, go to go to the home planet of the the people in the movie and kind of colonize it, essentially, or take over it in some way. And that's the basic plot. Am I missing anything crucial there or? No, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, I, I will say that the idea of being marooned on a haunted planet is a really cool premise. Mm -hmm. um, and I deeply, deeply enjoyed it. Uh, Cause it, you know, like old, old sci-fi always has kind of a thing where it's, it has to be based on something like everything's kind of based on something else. And it's mm -hmm. as far as I can tell with stuff like this, it's kind of based on like, like naval stories, like being at sea and being marooned on a weird Island. Mm -hmm. you, you could sort of see you can sort of see the DNA between this and stuff like the Tempest where there's a ship of people that are marooned on an Island and stuff happens there, you yeah. know? Um, so it's, it's interesting to see that connective tissue. Uh, yeah. But yeah, as far as the plot, yeah, I think you nailed it. 
And uh, and so why don't we uh, why don't we talk first? Because Joel, you brought this up about the look of the movie because it has a distinct look. The first thing I noticed about it was actually the spacesuits. The spacesuits and the helmet were the things that really leapt out to me. They look like I mean they're very stylish. They have a very uh, almost like a motorcycle look to them. Do you know what I mean? Like it looks like a yeah. I don't know what you call a uh, you know uh, a person who drives a sports motorcycle. Their gear, whatever that is is what it looked like to me, down to the helmet. Um, and I thought it gave the film a very sharp look. And everything else kind of shared that quality. Uh, but it was all done in a 1960s science fiction-y way, which is, you know... Yeah, everything looks very much like the illustration on a, like, you know, 50s or 60s science fiction magazine or something. Yeah. I mean, it just nails that look. Yep. But there's also, like, a real style... Like, there's there's that look, but there's also, like, a... I don't know. There's something else going on too. Do you know what I mean? Just oh, yeah. in terms of the way it yeah. looks like, uh, and it's, and it's odd because obviously you're definitely dealing with primitive special effects. Like you have a space vessel that is not even moving, right? Like it's just stationary and it's got steam coming out of it and they have like air flowing past it to make the illusion that it's landing. Right. So it looks yeah. by our standards, it looks kind of crappy, but then when they get to the planet, it's like all this thick plumy mist and the sets are they're, they're not that different from star trek sets but because of the way they're lit they just have mm-hmm. there's just something more special about them do you know what i mean it just it just it, it did a good job there's a lot of, of mood yeah yeah they created mood with with like styrofoam which i thought was kind of impressive um mm-hmm. that was really impressive i mean there's a lot of art that goes into sculpting that styrofoam and like Again, and I'm going to go back to your thing where because it's physically there and the actors have to physically interact with the stuff, there's a there's a weight to it that makes yeah. it very real when you're watching it in, in a film. And the sets are huge and yeah. they know they knew where not to light them and they knew <laughs> to light them with colors that were really like off putting and lurid, like these like, yeah. kind of sickly greens and these bright, toxic like reds. Yeah. So making it sound like a Christmas movie, but like, you know what I mean? Like there's it's more like a red light district like than a Christmas movie. I think is the, the, yeah, the look. there's, there's something unhealthy about the lighting, yeah. you know? And it really sells like, it, it doesn't only sell the fact that this place is like cryptic and mysterious and dangerous, but also that there's something kind of passively hostile about it. Like just, there's something kind of radioactive and unknowable yeah. about its danger, which I really like. Yeah. And they and they also did a good job of setting up like a big plot beat with the uh, what do they call it the the meteor not meteor reflector meteor deflector uh, the meteor yeah meteor ref, it's like a meteor rejector or something that's it like meteor that. rejector that was it so they set up that idea without this that. thing we'd be Swiss cheese and then you know sure <laughs> enough that becomes relevant. Um, you know, Chekhov's I, meteor deflector. Yeah, I thought that was kind of <laughs> nice. And it was so obvious the moment they said, you're like, yes, that is going to matter. You just knew. They weren't even trying <laughs> to be subtle about it. Um, mm-hmm. I also liked the look of everybody had real, like everybody's hair was styled. Do you know what I mean? This this is the, yep. like this, it fits with the age because this is the time when like the captains have good hair, the women have good hair. But I feel like they went even the extra mile in this movie where it's like, it's like they had hollywood level like a a list hairstyles going on even like after you know a big action sequence they take off their helmet and they just have a gorgeous mane of hair that's perfectly styled and i i I thought for this movie it added to it it didn't take away from it 
Um, it does. It really sells that it's the future and these people live in it's super sophisticated well, kind of science. It also added like the degree of glamour and envy that you want. Do you know what I mean? Like there was like something where it's like you 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 felt that these people were like they were kind of above you in a way, but they were also like uh, I don't know. They, they were just it just added to the overall charisma of the crew. I think. Do you know what I mean? It just was a. Uh, you know, so, sometimes we get really caught up in making everybody look damp and gross in a in a science yeah. fiction movie, and and I kind of liked that 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 these were people that I actually looked like you'd want to welcome into your home. Do you know what I mean? They mm-hmm. they looked they did, they looked clean. They looked clean and 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 uh and they had good hair. Um, and they had good hair yeah. and good clean teeth <laughs> yeah. too. It's just it's just such a it's just such a contrast to what you're used to. Do you know what I mean? Um, well, especially when we're putting it back to back against aliens, everyone's yeah. sweaty and grimy and miserable. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That that is the the thing that's interesting is the differences. And we kind of talked about things in common with Alien with this movie, but it's just that that is a really sharp difference. It's yeah. it's first class space horror versus coach space horror. Exactly. Well, exactly. this this is the age of like the captain with his hands on his hips. Do you know what I mean? Like that's kind of the, <laughs> it's it's that kind of an era. Um, I, by the way, I really like the actor for the captain. Uh, I did too. Scene, yeah, uh, he, he sells it the whole way. And there's a scene toward the end where they're finally taken off from the planet, and he's got this like serene, like smiley look on his face after his whole crew died. And I was like, wow, that's a weird yeah. facial expression. But then they pay it off. And it's yeah. like, oh, he was acting the whole time. You tricked me yeah. with your acting. He, that The guy's name, I think, is Barry Sullivan. He reminded me of the guy who played Caesar in Rome. I don't know why. But like that, I get a similar vibe. I can see that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, it's, like, it's like the right combination of sensitivity and masculinity. Do you know what I mean? For... It's like it's like this guy's a leader, but he's got there's like a dash of empathy in there that makes him be somebody that you'd want to follow. Do you know what I mean? It's not just pure machismo or something, you know. Um, and so I yeah, thought he's not the he doesn't have that kind of Captain Kirk daring do, but like there is something about him that's sort of magnetic and and irresistible. Yeah, I, I really I, I concur with your assessment of his captain character. And, uh, and then we also had, you know, like a pretty well-rounded crew. A lot of people that are just kind of there to be in peril and, and die. But, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what did you guys think of the, um, I, I don't want to call, I guess the alien element, not the supernatural element. Because it's not, re- it's called Planet of the Vampires in English. I think it's just called Terror in Space in, in Italian, right? Like that was the yeah. Italian title. These aren't really vampires, even though they do allude to vampire-like imagery when, they, when they're buried on the planet and they push up the, the, the metal cover of their, of their burial plates. Uh, but other than that, they're basically just animated corpses. They're not, they're not out to drain blood or anything. And you can, and, they, and they're cogent, you can talk to them. And they and they pretty much explain their plan like right away. Do you know what I mean? It's not like it. I thought it was going to be this big game where you know, but then it's like, nope. I'm just going to turn around and tell you everything. And mm-hmm. and it was kind of a sigh of relief because it was like, oh, okay. I don't have to. I don't have to wade through this game of 20 minutes of them holding off telling me this. So you know, what, what did you guys think of that? Uh, like as far as like the, the I'm going to call them the alien ghosts. So I feel like that's a pretty good description of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's a different era. I am I kind of expect a movie to be coy nowadays. I don't really want him to just, like, the bad guy to be like, and here is my evil plan. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I do like that they were alien enough that they thought that would work. 
You know, they're yeah. like, well, yeah. I mean, we're just going to absorb your personalities and be like symbiotes. It'll be great. You can't wait for this. And, and the people are all horrified. They're like, no, we don't want to have our personalities assimilated. That would suck. And the, the alien ghosts are all like, really? I, I, I do kind of love that, that there's like a legitimate miscommunication. So that there is something oh, about that that kind of sold me. What's funny? What's funny is they're they're just making the pitch after clearly this other race landed on there like a thousand years earlier, and they made the same pitch, and they must have fought back. So, <laughs> and that didn't work out. Well, so I'd like, like to think that the first race they were going to be coy with, like there's no way they're going to go for it. Let's just be really ah, sneaky, okay. and then it all went to to hell. And they're like, okay, next let's, race, let's just be upfront with them. We'll see what happens. Fair enough. They're, they're rolling the dice. <laughs> but they were very they, but as aliens go they were very reasonable in how they dealt with the humans right or, I, mean, I would know have been assimilated in a minute yeah. <laughs> like because you're right they're reasonable I, I'm cool with that pitch oh we're gonna be like like I'm gonna fuse my personality with an alien ghost you know what let's 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 do this let's rock well, I'm gonna jump in with both feet but but also they they kind of made a good sales argument for it. They're like, look, like you know, you guys have been warring forever. We looked at you know, we know your history, and and all we want to do is survive, right? Like, wouldn't you do exactly the same thing if you were in our shoes? We're not doing anything outrageous here, right? So you know, it, it was a. I thought it was a. Again, you know, it, it's the kind of sales pitch that's probably not going to land, but it's the best one that they, it was still a pretty good best one, I one thought. yeah was, if you're gonna try to sell that that's the way to do it you know you know you might you might like get it, you might get a race that's like you know you have a point maybe we can work something out do you, know what I mean? you would... if the ferengi had crash landed there they'd been like you know what okay like the ferengi would have went for it well the ferengi uh, would have been well okay what can you do for us if we're going to give you all this good you know all these good bodies to inhabit what what do we get out of it you know these are a plus bodies yeah. we're gonna have to get something real big out of this yeah i could see that but you know they would have gotten a good deal yeah but uh, i i don't know i uh you know i i, I actually oh, go speaking ahead. of star trek what what's the timeline between this and the original star trek because there's a lot the... of I think it's like about three years before Star Trek, I think. Yeah. Man, there's, there's a lot in this that reminded me of like the way that Star Trek looked. And I was like, well, which came first? This or Star Trek? Is it well, I both think like... Star Trek was also taking off a lot of those movies from that period, too. So. Yeah, Forbidden Forbidden Planet's another one yeah. that's a big, big uh, influence on Star Trek that's worth checking out. Well, in the early Star Trek episodes, like the first whole season was basically like horror, wasn't it? Like I, I seem to dimly recall of watching that. those. Yeah, yeah, this, 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 you know, with with a slightly smaller body count, a lot of this could have worked as a Star Trek plot, definitely. It, e it even kind of flowed a little bit like a Star Trek episode to an extent. Like, it, it, did, yeah, it did have until that. until the end. Yeah, yeah, until the end, until <laughs> the end. Why don't we talk about the ending? Because that's kind of something that I, I, I feel like is threaded through the whole movie anyways. But there's a couple of big reveals. The big reveal at the end is that the, the Captain Mark and Sonya, or Sonya, I think is a I think it's with an A, not yeah. a no, right? Um, yeah. We don't know. Ex I don't know exactly when this happened. It could have been from the very beginning of the movie, right when they landed, actually. But yeah. uh, but but they're both basically inhabited by these alien beings, and so so they 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 go through this whole plan to blow up the other ship, and then they they get the uh, and, and they get the um, what do you call it the the meteor rejector. Uh, yeah. So they can then take off and return. So, so uh, which was a really clever ending. But then you have the double whammy of 
the guy on the ship sacrifices himself and is like, well, I'm not going to let you destroy, uh, you know, our planet, so I'm, I'm going to stop you. And he smashes the meteor rejector. And then they're like, oh, well, I guess we can't go to the planet that we were going to go to. What about that planet over there? And that planet is Earth. And it was like, oh, yeah. these weren't even humans from the very, you know, there's, there's a whole other alien race that we've been following. That Yeah, that's, you know, talking about that line of like pre-70s science fiction, we're still in the era where you can have aliens that just look totally like human beings. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I thought I mean, that, we, oh, go ahead. Well, we still kind of do that. Like Stargate did that at one point where like yeah. the Atlanteans yeah. or whatever were just people. You, you yeah, can't. So. Yeah, it's not impossible, but generally you at least have to have some like yeah, you know, bumps on a your ridge. forehead. Like there needs to be Star a ridge or, or an extra, a little chin bump or something. <laughs> if you've got a weird yeah. face, you're an alien. <laughs> yep. exactly. Their cheeks are a little too sharp looking, or you know something like that. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I, I thought that was really clever. I thought I don't. I don't know if this is the first movie that did this. There might be others that have made this, th this fake out before this one. But I was not expecting that in this movie. I, 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 I was, I was kind of expecting the one with the captain because he got that weird look on his face, and I was like, oh, okay, something's yeah. up. But, but I was not expecting them to not be from Earth, and I thought that <laughs> that really, I don't know, that was a that that was that was a, that kind of was the thing that sold me on the film actually is is uh it was a fun twist yeah. definitely. It was so yeah, I I didn't predict it at it, all. It was so. it was Twilight Zone level twist well, you know there's, I mean? there's a literal yeah. twilight zone episode which is that is there okay but, so that and this this yeah. is actually which, is the same time period when I, I think twilight zone was still on the air at this do you know which episode too, of so twilight stuff. zone it was the one that was written by rod serling that should narrow it down yeah. <laughs> oh okay <laughs> okay but yeah uh, i can't think of a one that's got the i, I think it's facts. called uh third rock from the sun or something like that which got later turned into the name mm -hmm. of that uh that comedy it's show that was on yeah yeah okay yeah with John Lithgow in it. But no, I, there was at least uh, a story in a script called Third Rock from the Sun, which was that. It was this, this these people were trying to get their family out of their world because their world was dying. And they're like, we've, oh, made, yes. yeah, we've made our own yes. rocket ship. We only take one family and we're going to go to this weird, obscure dirt ball that's like the third planet from this star. Okay. And they're, like, pointing, they're clearly pointing at Earth. And so it's like, oh, they weren't even humans the whole time. They were aliens that looked like people. It's, it's the same thing. Yeah, okay. I mean, it, most... it is, but then again, this has the additional twist that in that it's just like, oh, these people aren't humans. They're coming to our planet. But it's like in this one, it's like, oh, I like the, the twist that you're like, oh, good. You know, the guy smashed the device so that these people can't get to their planet but it's like oh now we're all gonna die yeah because so. you think uh, that, yeah that's that's sure. my point yeah because you think that he's saving earth with that gesture you think oh he's yeah. stopping them from going to earth and invading earth because that's every time they talked about their plan i was picturing earth as the mm. target and so that's what i thought was clever about it is then you're like oh no that's actually the thing that directs them to earth that's what dooms earth is that noble gesture <laughs> ironically yeah ironically the ending of this hints the movie we, we we wanted to actually review life force at some point we couldn't easily get it through a streaming service so i'm saying it it's actually the similarities between yeah. these two movies not just alien i could yeah. see this having been a and then it's kind of this life force is almost uh, expanded sequel. I would, I would still thing. like to do Life Force. I feel like that's an important. Uh, me too. Yeah. I was, I, I really want to do that. I think there's got to be a way. If anybody knows a way that we can do Life Force, let us know because <laughs> we, you know, we, even if it's on the high seas, you know, maybe there's a way that we can, we can, we can, we can do this. But, uh, but uh, I guess always buy it. But, yeah. uh, like but, a bunch uh, of idiots. Why would? 
<laughs> gauging in ethical commerce. What is wrong well, with you? It, it is on Apple as a rental. So it's I on Apple, Apple TV, Maybe, so I, I, actually I could, can do it. I, I can. Do you have to have like a? Well, we'll get in that conversation. Yeah, right? that's um, a post post uh, yeah. podcast conversation. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So th- I thought the twist ending was was really cool. Um, I don't know any other thoughts on that before we move on to another another topic. Well, I. I would like to point out that the with the structure of the movie, like that's also the twist that's kind of an alien when you think about it, because they get off the ship, but oh, or literally gets off the ship, and it's like, oh no, the bad guy got on my escape pod with me. It's mm-hmm. the same twist. <laughs> Wait, what, can you? Ref- I, I'm not, I, I don't know if I quite followed. That. Sure. Okay, so the the general plot of Alien, like if you just mm-hmm. kind of like put the bones of the script out, it's yeah. like we pick up a distress signal. Yeah. We go to the planet. Shit gets real. Mm-hmm. We es- we escape. Oh, I see. There's a monster on our escape vessel. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that is it is similar. It is similar. And also, that would bring us to the other big similarity, which is that ancient alien sequence in the middle, right? Like the. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to talk about, baby. That's our next time. So, so they find another ship that is the prior survivor of this effort, and and it's number one. It's a giant alien, which is like you know an alien. That's the same thing. And, and, well, it's and, the bones of a giant alien. Yeah, bo- these huge bones. Yeah, these massive bones of a giant alien. And then they go inside the ship, and I think they get locked in there, and they have to like it's it's a little bit hokey that section where they're trapped in the ship and the air is getting sucked out. It's kind of like it's it's like it's like the complications they used to sh- throw into those TV shows to like we need ten minutes of distress, so they're trapped. You know, it was that yeah, kind of well, a thing. Yeah. If that... there was gonna be a commercial break, that's where you would have put it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if but, it was doctor it was like classic doctor who that would have been the episode yeah like, yeah 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 you could definitely <laughs> see it in a doc in an old doctor who episode um yeah but 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 it was really cool like the the giant alien bones were really impressive i thought um and yeah, obviously I, I like the stylization on them it's like they weren't like they're you know they were I, I'm try, not sure what I'm trying to say here. They weren't like totally realistic, but there was just this style to them that was really, really appealing that fit in with the aesthetic of the movie. Yeah, because in Alien, the bones are like fossilized into the chair almost. So it's more mm-hmm. like this suggestive thing. And this is like just like these bones laying out there in the open with a giant skull. And I don't know. Yeah. I, I kind of like that. Um, well, and, and a genuinely eerie part of that scene is when they're messing around with the ancient and still functioning tech, and they hit the one which is the creature's voice recording, and it's this yeah. deep alien voice. It's yeah. actually really eerie. Yeah, that was, and they couldn't yeah. turn it off too, so it's like you had to listen to it, uh, which I which I kind of liked. I liked the touch that they couldn't get it to go off. And yeah, that and that was probably like the captain saying captain's log, like you know, like it was probably yeah. just, but We're like all gonna die. Well, yeah. Tim, his corpse is there, sprawled yeah. over, but right by the device, yeah. it's perfect. So, but uh, yeah, that that was that was really cool because it gives you a window into what that race might. So, and I think having that deep voice makes sense given how big they were. But it, yeah, but it, it really does sense. But it's still so scary sounding. Yeah, yeah that was a, that was a good scene. Um, anything else about that scene that we? Uh... Does anybody notice anything? Oh man, I mean, like it clearly in like that scene is clearly the inspiration for the whole space jockey uh, thing. But I'd like to point out that like even the spaceship, like their spaceship, not the alien spaceship, but their spaceship that they are in, looks like it's it's shaped kind of similarly to the spaceship yeah. that they find in Alien. There's a lot of little mm-hmm. things like that where you're like, wow, that's 
that really is like a direct inspiration. Yeah. And when you realize how close the movies are together, like there's there's even more of that where it's like this was sixty five and Alien was what uh, seventy nine. Yeah. Like yeah. that's that's pretty close. Which is wild like, considering how different they look in terms of. Oh yeah, a- Alien is head and shoulders more believable. Like, like that would be that's like a movie that came out what in like two thousand seven or something, right? Like mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. You know, maybe two thousand six. Versus now, it's you know not that like what Transformers came out in two thousand seven, right? You know, yeah, doesn't look that yeah. different from oh, a wow. current movie, right? But like this looks like totally different film ages, um, mm-hmm. which is always kind yeah. of yeah. I mean, well, it's it's just a particular the stretch from the early sixties to uh, you know the end of the seventies, just culturally and technologically yeah. and everything is just enormous. Yeah, <laughs> a lot more change during that time than the years would indicate. Yeah, no, it's very. It's always it's one of the cool things about watching films from this period. You get to the seventies and just this, like the look just drastically, radically changes. Um, yeah. And I feel like you because get that. Yeah, 1968 is 2001, too. So that's uh, a big mm-hmm. benchmark yeah, big. there. Yeah, well, that's why I was saying, like, it's like, you know, you know that, 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 that that's like the movie that I was thinking of in terms of the breaking point for yeah. you know, science fiction. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I was, I was, I was not, I was I didn't really know a whole lot about the movie, so I didn't know what parts of it were gonna were supposedly connected to Alien, and it was yeah. it was kind of cool to be like, oh, is it the planet? And then this giant alien shows up. <laughs> oh, that must be what what people talk about. So uh, yeah. you know that was pretty cool. I do think when they landed, there was a little bit of a even though it's totally different because it's like that weird model that they're using. Mm-hmm. But when they land, there's something similar about the spaceship when it lands too in that terrain yeah. that reminded me all of that, that all that kind of mist when they first landed too felt but they do they use a lot of mist in alien when yeah. they're kind of wandering around the planet and that had a similar vibe to it yeah i agree i agree um and uh you know I, some things that are definitely different though would be like the the overall vibe of the spaceship is very different i would say yes. <laughs> yes. this one was very spacious right this was a very spacious environment that they were operating in um mm-hmm. And, and and obviously very, you know, well, I guess Alien still was operating on like the older computer model as well. Like they have a whole room that's that's sort of like the the control room for for Mother. So that's sort of similar. But uh, but this definitely had that look, that Star Trek look that you had. Um, yeah. So I don't know. What about um, uh, the the uh, uh, we covered what? Was there anything else we wanted to cover before we got into our final thoughts, actually? Well, I actually, like, going back to the spaciousness, that struck me a lot in this movie. Like, the, the human, the, the presumably human or humanoid crew inside of their spaceships, it's like a mansion. It's mm. huge. All these open spaces for them to walk and, like, There's these like little, corridors like, corridors everywhere. Yeah, it's gigantic. And then when you get into the giant alien spaceship... It's claustrophobic and yeah. cramped. And you're like, are we sure we didn't switch spaceships at some point? Maybe. maybe <laughs> yeah. I, I, maybe that was like a shuttle for them. Maybe they were just in like a little space shuttle to get to the planet. <laughs> but that maybe. is that is an interesting observation. The giant aliens had a much tighter ship. That's definitely true. Oh, yeah, way smaller. <laughs> also, maybe, uh, maybe they didn't feel the need. Maybe the humans, or not the humans, but whatever race this was, because they were smaller, felt the need to... 
you know, have this exaggerated they, sense of space. They're like in a Napoleon complex. Yeah. They're, they're burrowing aliens. They're like uh, a little they're like tight space there. I could see them as burrowing aliens, yeah. That yeah. Makes sense. But uh, were there any other, aside from the captain, were there any other characters that, that you liked or any, you know, any other performances that you thought were good? I, I liked the performance of the captain's brother when he was taken over by the aliens. Mm. Uh, yeah. Because, like, there was something, like, it's clear because they can they can speak our language. It's clear. They don't just like, it's not just like an alien ghost popping into you and like puppeting you. Like they, yeah. they fuse with you somehow. They know and, what you uh, know. They have all your knowledge right away. Yeah. And like... that includes like your, your languages and like the appeals that might work for you. Yeah. And like, I really liked that. I really liked whenever the actors could portray, like going from being one kind of person to being this other alien thing, because like, there's something about it where they're so recognizably who they used to be, yeah. But there's something sinister about them, and uh, and his brother did a really good job of like being charismatic in a way that kind of trips that alarm in the back of your brain that says like there's something bad going on here. Mm -hmm. I really liked that quite a bit. Um, so I, I don't know if maybe I, I think all of the actors were able to do that to some extent, but like I don't know. I feel like he really kind of brought it forward in a way that made it really real to me, impact wise. Yeah, yeah, that's the only one that really jumps out at me. Cause I mean, like I said, if you know, I, I think the movie worked, but it's not like you get heavily involved with yeah. any of the characters in this movie. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is a little Star Trekky in that regard. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously they're work. You're, you're dealing with the fact too that it's got this dubbing through the movie that isn't that that always kind of creates a bit of a disconnect for me as well. So mm -hmm. it's uh, it's a little harder for performances to get through. Now, yeah, a lot of times it's body language and facial expression that really comes across whenever it's dubbed. Yeah, yeah. What about um, in terms of uh, Sonya and the captain, when do you think they were <sighs> became that way? I honestly I, I, don't know. I wasn't, I mean, it's the kind of thing, I, I only watched it the one time yeah, me and I ended shortly too. before the podcast started, so I, I couldn't go back and kind of look through, but I, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't, to me, it, it seems like it would have been something that happened on the way back to the ship. Because... Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I think that they lost that firefight, and uh -huh. then what we got coming back was just a lie. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that would actually kind of go below that one dude's radar. I don't know why they didn't shoot that guy. It depends on how tricky they were being, too, as filmmakers. Like, because there were some scenes, like the scene in the ship where they get trapped. You're like, well, they're definitely not overtaken by the aliens by the way they're acting here, right? Because they presumably would have some knowledge of stuff going on in that ship and, and, and all that. And the way they're talking to each other, it seems like they're talking to each other as Mark and Sonya. They're not talking about their big plans as the yeah. aliens. But at the same time, when the when they first landed, I was like, well, I guess it's possible the captain kind of got, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, that I was wondering early in the movie, yeah. I was like, is anyone yeah. just pretending at this point? Yeah, right. and, and so and Sonya got choked. If she had died in that scene, she could have been taken over. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's a good point. Yeah, true. Yeah, and we don't spend enough time with the characters prior to that point to get to know them well enough to make that distinction. So yeah, yeah. that's another point where they could have. But I think that you're right. I think that it's unlikely that they both were. If well, it must uh, be a very but, complicated plan, if uh, they were killing a whole bunch of their own people and blowing up their ship yeah. so they could get away on this well, other that, ship. Uh, that's why I'm saying gets... it depends on how tricky the filmmakers were being. If they were like, oh, yeah. we're just going to have this be the thing. 
and you know because some yeah. movies do that they don't abide by their own internal logic for the, you know when they're trying to surprise you um yeah yeah i, I just think, like that though I, I as far as joel's question of why they didn't shoot that last guy when he ran off to destroy their uh asteroid rejector or whatever it's called i I, I my feeling is I, I don't think they understood the idea of maybe for whatever reason they don't have they just don't have a good concept of self sacrifice like the idea he's yeah. not going to kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> Why would anyone do that? Yeah, they, yeah. And again, yeah. it might just That's... be demonstrating just how alien they are because they still seem like they wanted to make a deal with them. You know. Yeah, but the, the, both those ideas go together. The idea that they just couldn't conceive of him sacrificing himself fits with them just having a very alien psychology. I love that. I love the idea of alien psychology that, that always and to see it in a movie like this, because like you're right. This was like right a couple of years before 2001, right? 2001 is yeah. a really good exploration of an alien psychology, like not really understanding how human beings work and trying to communicate. But like yeah. this came before even that. And it's it's neat that it's kind of exploring that same concept space. Yeah. So, um, so maybe sound like a jerk if I say stuff like concept space. I should probably find a better way of saying that. Is there, well, How else would you say it? What would be a uh, idea? I okay. think the word idea sounds a lot less. <laughs> I think idea. I think idea is, is... <laughs> a little more grounded. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So why don't we give our uh, assessment or our final thoughts on the movie? Our uh, our Jerry Springer our... moment of the show. Um, I, I like to think of it as like the terminal thoughts, like right before we put it in the ground. <laughs> this is the eulogy of the this movie. The eulogy. This is the eulogy. Or maybe section before of the it puts podcast. us in the ground. The eulogy section, yeah, the eulogy section. Okay, how do we eulogize this film then? What's our, which actually is appropriate for this one because there is kind of a eulogy segment in the movie. So, yeah, this is probably the scariest episode of Star Trek I've ever seen. <laughs> no, that's, that's underselling it. Um, this movie is beautiful, and especially for the time, it's it's an incredible visual feast. Yeah. Um, let me see, what did I think about this movie? I, I did not, okay, so this is an older, hokey, like, 60s movie, right? Okay. Like, I never go into, like, Planet Terror actually expecting to be afraid. But, you know, that scene where the where the, the recorder started talking in the alien voice, it uh, it got me. I was legitimately creeped out by that. I was like, damn, they, uh, they really did it. They managed to actually scare me all the way from 1965. Good job, you lunatics. Yeah, I wouldn't say I was ever scared, but I was definitely creeped out at points in this movie. So it definitely scores points for that. Uh, yeah, I I would definitely recommend this movie. It's it's more, I mean, obviously I, I kind of give qualifications. It's a dubbed movie. It moves fairly slowly in the early part. So yeah. you need to be patient with it. But I mean, it, it is just such a beautiful looking movie that I think it's worth watching for that alone. And it, and it does have a fun plot, no question. <laughs> yeah, I would I would reiterate what Adam said, which is it definitely is slow in the beginning. And that is uh, a hurdle mm -hmm. in the movie. Um, <laughs> and, and not in the way that Alien is slow. This is legitimately, I think, legitimately for a modern, yeah, slow. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it takes a little while for the piece. And also, there's a lot of gobbledygook at the, at, like, that they use during the, yeah. the, the science-y well, stuff. So and it's, so it's it is it is if it were Doctor Who it would be forgiving but huh 
I was gonna yeah, distinguish between it and Alien. It's like Alien has a slow beginning, but the characters are very human, yeah. and you're getting to know these people, and you're seeing them in the workplace, and the you don't you don't kind of get that same feeling watching the characters doing their slow activities at the yeah. beginning of this movie. You're not kind yeah. of interacting with them. It's because there's an artificiality and a Hollywoodishness yeah. to this. I, this wasn't yeah. in Hollywood, obviously, but like you're not being immersed in the world like you are with Alien. Alien draws you in. This yeah. this makes sure that you know there's a screen there you know? well, and i think you're you're the characters are kind of sold to you in different ways like the sonya character you kind of get the sense that she's a little tougher than the tiana character right just by yeah. like her her face and her demeanor um and and that's kind of the way the characters are you know they're, 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 you know i suspect sonya smokes for some reason i don't know why but i never actually <laughs> see her smoking you know what i mean like that that kind of thing um yeah, I can and, see that. you know i feel and i feel like that's kind of how how they how they uh transmit the characters to the audience but uh but it's definitely slow in that the the gobbledygook was kind of getting to me at the beginning because i was like (laughs) that sentence did not make sense i'm sure like i don't know enough science to say for certain like maybe they're just like using really obscure language i've never heard before but that sounds a hundred percent made up that sentence there's a lot of little moments like that where you're like like the very beginning of the movie where the gravity starts to increase to 40 times what earth yeah. gravity is on like they'd be pancakes a and b why does it stop like they get to the planet's surface and gravity goes back to normal why would that happen That's yeah i mean works. i thought i thought at some point there'd be like a tractor beam or something on the planet they needed to disable to escape or something you know i mm-hmm. thought there would be something that would prevent them from launching to do with that but then they had the whole meteor uh, rejector plot line which was the thing keeping them from leaving yeah. so yeah, I was. I, I think that, that that whole gravity thing was weird to me. Yeah. And, and meteor rejector was one of the most oddly named devices I've ever. It's like just completely the wrong word for what it does. You know, like, well, I like. I like that there was an atomic generator on the ship, not a nuclear reactor. Too. I was like, <laughs> atomic generator. That's a interesting yeah. way of wording it. So, and that might have been a translation issue. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, like, just like, but like, was. but but meteor rejector really made me do a double take every time they said it because I was like, wait, you're rejecting well, the meteors? Like, I'll a... I'll never forget it. I'll never That's forget true. meteor rejector. If it was like a deflector shield, I would not care. Yeah. But it's uh-huh. a meteor rejector. It doesn't reject anything else. But it looks at a meteor and it says, "No, get out." Also, of here. there must have my spaceship. Apparently, there's just a buttload of meteors everywhere in space because like they so were just many. constantly constantly <laughs> defle- deflecting them and you know rejecting them rejecting them. <laughs> Reject- we reject you meteor. Um, we're not going to sadie hawkins meteor <laughs> get out of here but uh but but so anyways you know that aside it's it's it was a very enjoyable movie i really had a good time once i got past that beginning bit and once i started to get invested in the story it slowly got me interested and then i forgot that i was you know irritated with this slow beginning um and and again what's so, a little bit like a, huh it's a little bit like uh listening to one of your grandpa's stories where you're like get to the point grandpa but when you get into it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. midway through the story you forget that you know you were you you were reluctant to hear it in the first place and it's kind of mm-hmm. like that so it's like okay it's won me over and then i got sold on it really at the point when i realized the captain and Sonia were were now inhabited by the aliens, and then when they did the even bigger surprise of Earth being their new destination, <laughs> that that really floored me that they that they were able to to give me that at the end. Well, so 
I think I think that ties into one thing too. Through this movie, I was like, "Is this really horror?" Like in the early part, like is this just going to be science fiction? That like yeah. you said, like a Star Trek episode that's a little bit creepy, or just going to be horror? But yeah, by the ending, it's like it definitely definitely sets itself as being a horror movie. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. That's sort of the thing that turns it into that territory quite firmly, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, though I wouldn't poo-poo the. Uh... The sound effect Joel was talking about either that was pretty. I thought that was pretty uh, creepy as well. The uh, the alien oh, speaker yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, so this one is available on Prime, and so people can definitely check it out for free. I think they have a quite a few movies like this on Prime because I got some recommendations after this. Oh one. yeah, there's a, there's a lot of Mario Bava films. Like I think okay. you know Black Sabbath is on there and uh, a few other ones. So if you okay. if you like this, there's plenty more Mario Bava to check out on Prime. All right, so maybe we'll do like an Italian month in the near future. Uh, but uh, I guess next up, what 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 are our uh, our movies that have come out? We know we want to do Life Force, and there was another film that was vying for uh for a spot uh, uh, event horizon event horizon oh Sorry. yeah event so, horizon so it might be event horizon because i do i do know that we can rent that on prime at least but i don't know what the deal is going to be with um uh life force so again if anybody knows just you know you know send us a message and let us know because we're very <laughs> desperate to to cover life force well, We'll just steer our space shuttle your way to your <laughs> yeah. doomed planet. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, I, we're into that. Well, it's a. I mean, well, the reason we want to do it is Joel's never seen it. I I love Life Force. I think it's like it's it's just a. I don't know. There's just something very special about the movie. I don't know how else to put it. It's it's. it's I haven't like, seen it since the '80s either, so, so I'm eager to watch it again because okay. I I have memories of it, but they are very distant. Memories. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, so. We'll be back on next week, probably with Event Horizon, I'm guessing. But if we get lucky, we might, we might, uh, we might be here with Life Force. So we'll see. And until then, we will talk to you later.